Does your work energize you? Does it make your impact on the world? Welcome to Start Anew, the show that looks beyond success into freedom, fulfillment, and your passion-driven career. Join your host, Sumbul Sang, for inspiring stories and bite-sized training to help you start anew with clarity. And now, here is Sumbul. Starters, welcome to Motivation Monday on the Start A New Show. If you're new to the show, today, as on every Monday, I interview an inspiring individual who has started anew in life with a new dream, a new career, or a new business. Creating a life of freedom, fulfillment, doing what they love, and sharing their gifts with the world. If you want to start anew in life, then you have got to begin with self-awareness. Download your free self-awareness toolkit from any page on the website at letsstartanew.com. My guest today is one of the most unconventional people I've met, and I can't wait to introduce you to her. We actually met online a few months ago, maybe less than six months ago, uh, in a podcasting community that we're both part of, and we we were geeking out on podcasting tech. And I thought I'll check out our podcast uh, as my own learning and education about different podcasting formats. And I've got to admit that our po- it was love at first soundbite for me. Living Unconventionally is what her podcast is called. Um, Brittany Felix, the host of the podcast, conducts weekly interviews with people who have ditched their desk to chase their passions around the world also uses the show to document her own freedom journey of selling almost everything she owned, including her home, quitting the highest paying job she's ever had, and taking an open-minded and open-ended road trip with her husband and two dogs. Now, without any further ado, let's get Brittany on board. Brittany, hello, and welcome to the Start A New Show. Hi, Sumbul. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to um, share your story uh, with our listeners today. So let's let's start off by uh, you telling us a little bit about what is your big big why, the big vision that you have for your life. The big why for me is just freedom, um, that all-encompassing word that means so many different things to so many different people. But for me, it's really having the ability to make the choices that I want to make and not being forced by someone else to live life according to a certain schedule or a certain way. So being able to say yes to any opportunity that comes up that I want to take advantage of, be able to spend time with friends and family, basically never have to say no to anything just because I have to go to work. I love that. I know that you're enjoying a certain level of freedom in your life today, but I also know that life wasn't always like this for you. So why don't you take us back in time a little bit, a few months back or a few years, however long it has been, when you weren't enjoying your life so much and you were feeling like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Or this is not what I want to do with my life. 
Give us a glimpse of your life at that time. Yeah, sure. Um, it's pretty much been that way all of my life, actually. Uh, even in elementary school, I can remember back as, you know, as far back as I can remember. And just the routine and having to do what somebody else tells me to do. I've always had an issue with that. I've always been a little bit of a rebel. And having to get up at the same time every day to see the same people and do the same things, just it, it drives me nuts. It literally drains all of my energy. And it was just really crushing my spirit and crushing my creativity. And I was just losing interest in everything. Every day was exactly the same. I was living life on repeat. The years just passed by. And, you know, when I got to the point where I was missing getting to say goodbye to loved ones as they were on their deathbed because I had to work a shift at my part-time job at the liquor store in college. And later, I was cleaning out my boss's cooler where he had left deer meat in it warm and rancid for three days. And I'm in a business casual outfit in the parking lot cleaning deer blood off of everything. And... Not getting to spend, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not getting to spend, you know, one of my dog's last day on earth with her because I didn't have any more days to take off work. My dogs are like my children. We don't have any. Um, so that was a really tough one. And I, I just got sick of letting other people control my life. So you, you mentioned that, um, for 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 a major part of your early life, you you're drifting away like most of us. Years just pass you by. And was there a particular moment in time when you decided enough is enough? You're gonna do something to change that now. Yeah, I've actually decided that a few different times. Um... The first major time was, oh gosh, maybe about three years ago at this point. I was in not the job I just left, but the one before that. And I had just come back from spending a long weekend with a friend from another state that I hadn't seen in a couple of years. And it was just so amazing and freeing and just getting to spend the time with her and laughing. I felt like my old self again. And driving into work the next day... I actually broke down just bawling my eyes out at the thought of having to walk back inside that building one more time. So I pulled over on the side of the road and got out my cell phone and emailed my boss and quit right then and there. Now, I don't recommend that. <laughs> that actually ended up <laughs> leading to the worst time financially I've ever had in my life, the worst time in my marriage. Um, and we can talk about that more if you want. But this past time, my husband and I were in Colorado last August for the National Tiny House Jamboree. And if you don't know what tiny houses are, they're essentially just that very, very small houses that are on travel trailers. Um, and just being out there and being with people who want to live life in an unconventional way and want to have more freedom and pay more attention to their impact on the world and also being near mountains. I have this extreme calling for the mountains and everything again, just kind of felt right. It felt in place. And this time it felt the same for my husband. So we decided to put our current plan into motion. So how long ago was this? 
that was, well, we went there August of 2015. And it was actually, I think, one week before my husband's birthday. So about the beginning of November of 2015 that we finally decided, yes, we're going to sell our house. We're going to get a travel trailer or what's also known as an RV. And we're going to just live out of it and explore the country. So um, that was what, about nine, eight or nine months ago now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's less than a year ago. But mm-hmm. you, you make it sound like it was really easy, which I know <laughs> it wasn't. I have followed your journey. And I know it wasn't easy by any means. So there's, there's a few t- steps, I, I suppose, that, that you take in your mind before you um, make such drastic changes in your life. So, so you say that you vis- visited this tiny house festival. And is it like um, the next day, you've got this big plan of how what you're going to do and how you're going to finance this dream that you have? Or, um, you know, did it take you a while to talk it out and, and figure things out? A little bit of both, actually, we and we can go into this, I think we're going to in, in part two. But we when we bought our first house, we had the idea of treating it as a business and not as, you know, our new home. This is so exciting. It's going to be our dream home, everything we want. We wanted something that we could sell in a few years and make some money off of. So that part of it was was a long term goal. We didn't really know what we would use the money for. So cut to last fall and actually I think we were we were still there in Colorado and we were on our way to uh, Summit Pikes Peak which is uh, one of the tallest mountains in Colorado and I think it's like 14,000 feet um, tall and as we were coming back down from that my husband said okay that's it I'm done we're leaving Indiana we're moving to Colorado it's happening (laughs) um and he's not impulsive by any means. I'm the dreamer. He's the realistic one. And of that's course, a, by the it's a nice match. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes we balance each other out. But by the time we landed back in Indiana, he kind of came to his senses and was like, OK, well, all right. The idea is nice, but, you know, we've got good jobs. We've got a good house. I just don't think we can do this. And slowly but surely over the next few months, I kind of wore him down. I was really on board from the beginning and um, I've kind of had to be the one to keep things going and push things through. So it's it has been a struggle, that's for sure. But there's also been some some good times, too. You mentioned that going down the mountain, your husband decided this was it, you know. Mm-hmm. So what what was it that happened on that trip or in that moment where when he's go down the mountain that made him wanna you know quit what he was doing then and start a new life? Right. Well, we're both pretty outdoorsy people, especially him. Um, he actually has a degree in conservation law enforcement. He loves the outdoors. He's a hunter, a fisherman, a hiker. Basically anything outdoors, he's there. And I I mean I am too for the most part, but he's. I always say that he was a mountain man in another life. He would be perfectly content living in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and never talking to anyone ever again. Um, (laughs) But he's always grown up in Indiana, which is basically just cornfields. There's not a whole lot of really exciting or adventurous outdoor activities here. And he used to call me a mountain snob because we would go to, you know, different places in other states like Tennessee and 
they have mountains, I guess, but I just really call them just really tall hills. And so when we got out to Colorado and experienced the Rocky Mountains, he he finally got it. It finally clicked for him. He just knew he needed to be out west. He felt a calling to be out there as well. What was your reaction when he declared that to you? Um. Well, I mean, excited that he was so um, moved and affected by our trip and that he was experiencing it the same way I was. But I also know my husband and I knew that he would change his mind before we got back home. So <laughs> um, I was cautiously optimistic. Okay. So uh, you mentioned that uh, he did change his mind uh, when you got when you got back home to Indiana. So what did you have to do to keep this dream alive? Um, basically I had to kind of convince him that it would actually work. I had to convince him that we would make enough money on the sale of our home to buy us quite a bit of time on the road and that we really could buy an RV and, you know, that they were affordable and that we could live cheaply and we could live off solar power. And I basically kind of had to figure everything out, not necessarily the specific details, but just enough to convince him that it was at least worth a shot. So, so let's take a step back, actually. At what point did you decide that this new lifestyle was going to be in an RV traveling around the world? Sure. Um, we actually originally fell in love with tiny houses a while back, um, a couple years ago. And we knew that that was the route we wanted to go. We had planned on building one ourselves, but to build one ourselves would would have cost about in the range of 30000 to 40000 and we wanted to have most of our debt paid off by then. So this was a long-term plan. This was like a 10-year a plan, probably minimum. And once we hit or once we went out to that jamboree and once we had this kind of major revelation and we just knew we were not supposed to be where we're currently living, uh, we just got impatient basically and decided to just go a route that we could implement, you know, within the next year as opposed to 10 years. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So you said that you kind of figured out a high level plan of how this uh, life transformation was going to happen. So um, tell us about uh, the biggest challenge you've had in this journey since uh, August last year. Honestly, it's learning to be patient. We were supposed to be on the road close to two months ago now, uh, about a month and a half, maybe, I guess. But we just keep running into snags. Our first RV that we bought, um, we lost about five or $6,000 on it. We just poured a whole bunch of money into repairs and things just kept going wrong and things just kept looking like it was just going to cost more and more and more money. And so the whole plan almost fell apart at that moment. Uh, my husband doesn't exactly do very well with running into challenges on things he kind of just tends to want to throw up his hands and say he's done and that's it plans over we're just gonna you know we're just gonna move instead we won't actually travel so it was really difficult going through that with him and and just kind of having to regroup and start the plan all over again and we've run into issues even since then i mean we ended up finding another travel trailer that was better than the first one so that all worked out exactly the way it should but we've just had a lot of issues with paperwork. Just It's been one setback after another that we just have to continuously figure out a way to get past and move on to the next thing. 
Well, apart from uh, the challenges, many, many challenges you've, you've faced with your trailer um, and the logistics around it, what about uh, this plan to downsize? What was that like for you? Give us a, uh, give us a bit of a picture of um, what, you, what changes you made in your life to downsize. Yeah, we actually, we had a 2,000 square foot home uh, for just two people. We had three bedrooms, a formal dining room, a living room, a loft, an Eden kitchen. I mean, our house was way too big. And so getting rid of everything was actually very freeing. I, I'm the sentimental one out of the two of us. And so I had kept a lot of things from my childhood. And, and I can't say we got rid of everything. We have some stuff stored at relatives' houses and friends' houses. But for the most part, we probably got rid of about 80-85% of everything that we owned. And it really wasn't that difficult for me. I, uh, there wasn't, I mean, I kept my things that I have a sentimental attachment to, but for the most part, the decorations, the furniture, you know, all that stuff, it was just like, okay, get it out of here. I'm done with it. I just want it gone. And, uh, yeah, so it really wasn't that difficult and it will be freeing. I think once we get into the RV right now, we're staying with relatives and so our stuff's kind of scattered about and it's a bit chaotic right now. Um, but already it feels so much better to not be tempted to buy every single thing when you go to the store. You know, I, I if I see a really cute pillow or a really, you know, gorgeous piece of art for the wall, I can't buy it. I don't have room for it. So it's just nice to, you know, have that temptation removed. Massive mind, mind shift change, isn't it? <laughs> It is. Luckily, I've been kind of making it for a while now. I, um, Anyone who knows me knows that I used to be and still have the tendency to be a pack rat. I like to, I just, I don't like to get rid of anything because I might need it one day. <laughs> and the one day never comes, even though it's been four or five years. And I still have this item that I didn't even remember I had. Um, so it's something I've been working on for a really long time. But it's... It surprisingly is is pretty easy to get adjusted to. So, what did you do with all of your stuff? Did you give it away to friends and family or charity? What was it? Uh, what was the process like? Um, both of those things, and we actually sold quite a bit. Uh, we sold, you know, our larger items, electronics. I, my first time around when I quit my job, uh, and I, you know, alluded earlier, ended up being the worst time almost in my entire life. I actually started a like a re, a furniture a furniture like refinishing business so painting furniture reupholstering it things like that so I had a ton of projects left over so I sold a lot of that and I had my girlfriends come over one night for a get together and basically said okay walk through the house and take anything you want whatever you want just take it <laughs> um so got rid of a couple car loads full then and you know anything that was still left right there at the end we just took to uh to goodwill how, how did that feel to give away a lot of your stuff that you once treasured a lot and give that away to uh, others in need um i have my issues with goodwill which is where most people tend to take their things. And we did just because it was convenient. We were down to the wire. But I mean, it feels good to know that the things just aren't going to end up in a landfill in the trash heap. And 
to know that the things that I once cherished are hopefully going to be cherished by others as well. Um, it's, it's nice to know that I didn't just purchase all of those things and use those materials, you know, just to contribute to, you know, more trash in a landfill. I'm sure that they will be treasured and put to good use. You got to believe that, Brittany. Yeah, I do. Especially, you know, what I gave away to my friends and being able to see how excited they got when they, you know, got new decorations or, uh, you know, new kitchen appliances. So that was nice. So somewhere along in this journey of the last nine months, you you started a podcast called Living Unconventionally. Uh, tell us a bit about what inspired you to do that. Sure. I actually had never even listened to a podcast until I would say about three or four months before I decided to start my own. And it was actually a podcast that isn't even active anymore. She didn't keep it going for very long. But the podcast was called Unsettled which is kind of exactly like it sounds is for people who don't want to settle in life. And she, she was one of, you know, these people that I really followed. I really connected with her mission and of inspiring other people to go after what they really want and not just settle for a corporate job where they're miserable. And listening to that, I thought, you know, wow, this is really awesome. I love that you can listen to these anytime you want. You can download them. The radio is horrible. I don't have to listen to that anymore. And I just, it, something clicked. It just seemed like it'd be great for me. But I, of course, I thought, you know, I think like most people do, that podcasting is this crazy thing to get into. And you've got to have all these connections and you need to have a production team. And I just thought it was a much bigger deal, I guess, than it really is to start one. And so I took a free email course and realized that, hey, I might be able to actually do this. And Decided kind of right away that I was going to do it. And I love, love, love talking to people who have explored the world. I love living vicariously through travel stories. And um, so I guess when I needed to pick a topic, it seemed like a pretty easy one to go with because I could talk about travel for hours and hours and hours. Uh, and it, I mean, it, were you doing something similar in your job before? Something... Um something in media or um, uh, that, you know, did you have any skills that you could bring to this journey? Um, zero, just about. <laughs> I worked in an administrative setting uh, basically my entire career. I've always worked in an office. And so, I mean, I had the computer skills and I've always been good with computers and technology. So that's really about all I brought to the table. No experience speaking, no experience working with recording software, none of that really. Yeah, and now you're crushing it. Uh, so <laughs> were, you, were you still working at your day job when you first uh, started podcasting? Yes, I was. The first about three months after my podcast went live, I was still working a full-time uh, corporate job, so 40 to 50 hours a week. And I actually started working on the show about two months before I even went live. So there was about um, a five or six month period there where I was working full time in an office and full time on my podcast. So, so tell, tell us about your schedule, schedule at that time when you've got this full time job. 
what hours of the day were you working on your podcast? How many hours were you working? And how much sleep you were getting? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I was I was also doing a bit of freelance work and freelance podcast editing. So a typical day would be um, waking up at 6 a.m. to be at work by 6.30 and getting home from work at about 4.30 or 5, some days 6 or 7. I would work for an hour or two on whatever project I had. So whether that was editing a podcast for a client or editing one of my own episodes or conducting an interview, I would take about a half hour break for dinner and then get right back to it and work until generally maybe one or two in the morning and then wake up and do it all again the next day. Uh, starters, if you have a dream to live an unconventional life on your own terms, it's not just going to happen by itself. Model Brittany's journey of hustling away to create the life of her dreams. So, so Brittany, you, you're, you've got a full-time job. You are podcasting, which takes a lot of time, I know from my personal experience. And with through mm -hmm. your podcasting, you are touching inspiring people and, and making a contribution to the world also you have uh, a side job um, freelancing to make to make money uh, so um, was there a point where you felt like I'm juggling too much this is crazy um, yes but I knew there was an end in sight I think if I if we weren't so close to me leaving my full-time corporate job, I would have probably gotten burnt out pretty quick, but I was able to just hold on to that and remind myself, this is temporary. It's only for the next couple months. You can get through this. And um, that, that made it a little bit easier to tough, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was difficult. I can't lie. So a lot of people struggle with taking the leap. They have these dreams and they plan out their finances, whatever, the sources of those finances might be for them. For some, it's savings. For others, they're taking money from a retirement fund. Some have property investments like, like yourself. Yet, they're too scared to take the leap. They don't know when they should quit, when they should start anew. How did you know, um, you know when the time was right for you to quit your job? Um. Well, uh, with us, it kind of coincided perfectly with selling our home and, and getting our journey. We kind of had a, a mindset of wanting to hit the road, you know, at the beginning of spring or middle of spring, as basically as soon as our house sold so that we could enjoy the warm weather while we were on the road. But prior to that, I would just say, for me, it was just as soon as possible. Leaving my job could not come quick enough. And, you know, I... I I would say for most people, they probably shouldn't quit their job until they are able to maybe not necessarily replace their full income because they may not need their full income. But I would just say whatever you feel comfortable enough with making from a side hustle that, you know, you're you're comfortable with leaving your job and it's not going to cause any undue stress or at least any more than it typically does, because starting a new venture, starting a new business, a new project is incredibly overwhelming. There is so much to have to do and learn and experience and fail at before you can succeed that adding the pressure of not knowing if you're going to be able to pay your bills is just 
it's insane to me. So I am the spontaneous one and I did up and quit my job, but I also really, really learned from that. And I would just say, you know, don't leave your, your current situation if you can still stand it until you're really comfortable with having enough money coming in to be able to pay your bills. What would you do differently um, if you were to all over again? You know, I'm, I'm really not sure. I'm torn when people ask me that. The, the typical answer is, oh, nothing. Everything's worked out the way it should. But honestly, I think I would just do it sooner. I would have, I, I would have tried to get this plan going so much sooner. I don't think my husband would have been to that point yet. He had to get to the point with his corporate job, which was the first corporate job he'd ever had. He was a police officer prior to working his most recent office job. And he had to get to the point where I was. He had to get to the point where he was just so mentally exhausted at the end of every day and just so miserable and finally realized just how much corporations do not care about their employees. And so it probably could not have happened any sooner. But if I could have made it, I would have liked to have. So no regrets then? No, I wouldn't really say there are any regrets. Um Maybe I wouldn't buy the RV that we bought and lose like five or six thousand. But, you know, and my husband and I have talked about this, too. Given the same situation, if we had to go back and, you know, not know the outcome, we still would have bought it. We thought it was a really good deal. And, um, you know, we've, we've lost some money, but we're going to learn from it and, and move on and just kind of be more cautious in the future. We can never anticipate all the things that could go wrong. Uh only thing we can do is forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brittany, I know that life has been uh, very busy, very chaotic, and very challenging for you in the last uh, nine months or so. But I also know that um, there's a big uh, why behind what you're doing. And you're trying to do what most people never do. You're trying to create a life of your dreams, life on your own terms, to to have control over your time. So, so if you compare your life today, in spite of all the challenges you've got, to your life, uh, say two years ago in the nine to five, I mean, do you? How do you feel? Do you feel relieved? Do you feel excited and happy about where you are? Oh, absolutely. The challenges we're going through with our current journey are nothing compared to the frustrations of living a life that just does not suit you. Pretending to be somebody that you're not is is soul crushing. And so I will take these challenges over the mundane problems of a corporate world any day. Starters, that's a wrap for part one of my conversation with Brittany Felix. Don't forget to tune in on Wednesday when we talk about how Brittany makes money to fund her lifestyle of choice. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Start A New Show. We invite you to be more than a passive listener. Be a starter. Join our community and snag exclusive freebies from Symbol and her guests at letstartanew.com. Create your vision of freedom and fulfillment right here on the Start A New Show.